Audio check. PCA 2023 drunk chicken cigars. Although the giant yellow chicken flipping an arrow sign was back in front of the drunk chicken cigars booth during this year's 2023 PCA convention and trade show, virtually everything else related to the company's booth. And on that note, on this episode, we smoke the AJ Fernandez New World Dorado Robusto. I'm your host, Johnny Midas, and you're listening to Burn Line Podcast. Burn Line Podcast. The burn line on a well-crafted cigar is straight and sharp as a razor, much like our wit and wisdom. And good morning, everybody. I'm your host, Johnny Midas. Hey, good morning, everyone. I'm your host, The Brick. I'm good dro- morning. I'm dropping Nick. Uh, the Brick works fine. It's just The Brick. The Rock, The Brick. You can't have too many words in your name, like cooler you are the less words yeah right? yeah like the rock is almost as cool as madonna right? right but not not as cool yeah not as cool definitely not as cool so uh we are smoking the aj fernandez new world dorado on burn live podcast this morning brought to you from the hot box the smoky back room where deals are struck and fortunes are made Adjacent to the Blanco Cigar Lounge, nestled among the complex of rooms comprising Union Cigar, Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA. So, uh, listener communications, have an email. I'm going to pull this up. Um, End the last show with one, start this show with one. Yeah, yeah. End and start. Um, So, all you guys out there listening, this is from Angel. Can you describe the hand job with a little more detail? Thank you. Uh, Yes, Angel, we can. And I'm operating under the assumption that you are talking about tapping out the extra tobacco from the end of your cigar after clipping it. So here's what we're going to do for you, Angel. Since you're so interested in hand jobs and how they're performed in the cigar smoking community, uh, when it gets to the clipping segment of the show, we're going to walk through and verbalize that. I realize we don't have video. It can be hard to understand uh, what we're saying, translating our motions into words. So we'll give you a nice detailed blow by blow of the hand oh. job this morning. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's a fair, fair email because he wants to know about the hand job. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. It's you can't hear. I mean, you can't see audio. You can only hear it. You, you can't. Know? You can't hear the hand job. It just sounds like. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a real quiet hand job. Yeah. Definitely. So, all right. So we've got this uh, New World Dorado from AJ. Um, this is the latest, right, of his cigars, the most recent release from uh, AJ? Yes. I think, to be fair and specific, the newest addition to his uh, core line. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, shit, it's AJ. He has his he's, hands in everything. He's, ma- he's, <laughs> he's making one new thing a week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, a little bit about this cigar. We are smoking the Robusto. This is a five and a half by 52. This retails for twelve fifty. Uh, if you pre-order a box of ten at Union Cigar in Hanover, Pennsylvania, it's just a hundred dollars. Damn! So ten count for a ten count. So yep. that's Fernandez's newest uh, New World stick for ten dollars a stick. That's a pretty good deal. Oh yeah. Um, and we are smoking the Robusto Vitola. Love this Vitola. This is to me uh, pretty close to the perfect size and particularly box pressed. Right. So. With a, a 52 box press, it's like a little more tobacco, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, a 52, yeah. a 52 Robusto is like a 54 um, in a Parejo. Can I write something down on your notepad? Yeah, yeah. I want actually do want this to be part of the show. Yeah, totally. So right. for you guys out there in audio land, uh, our smoky back room is pretty freaking awesome. Um, we uh, have all of our equipment set up on... Uh, poker table. I've got an H6 collector attached to uh, some sure microphones. Actually, I think I'm using my Chinese knockoffs. Don't tell anybody. Um, I want to know which one you think that is. Which one is right? So I wrote down three phrases. Three of the same phrases. Can I finish describing the room first? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's all right. Okay. So meanwhile, it's okay. He's a little OCD. So um, <laughs> we've <laughs> On our poker table, we've got uh, some coasters, uh, my sunglasses, uh, like three notebooks, pens, things that go jingle like keys. Uh, we have our custom cigar rest and 
uh, ashtray that are hand carved from this uh, red heart burl wood. Um, so it's a it's a pretty cool setup. Um, definitely kind of like you know like a cigar lounge. It has character for yeah. sure. Yeah, and we've got our burn line podcast twenty four by twenty four. Watching over us. Yeah, canvas yeah. on the wall, so that's pretty cool. I still don't know what that the eye is in the logo. It's the <laughs> ash line. Oh, never mind. <laughs> All right. Um, so, okay, so question from Nick. Uh, what is it? Box press, boxed press, or box pressed? Well, for me, it's box pressed. B-O-X-P-R-E-S-S-E-D, as in pressed into a box. Okay, so... so uh... All right, so that that just that essentially is a, like a past tense of box press. It, yeah, like this cigar was box pressed. Yeah, but we also use it in the present tense to describe it as it is now. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I think someone said boxed press. Hmm. And actually, that's not like like all right. So if you press that with a box, yeah, then it would be boxed press. Right. <laughs> right. I think. As long as you say something with a B and X, a P and an R, people are pretty much going to figure out what you're talking about. But there's so. no, like, there's no, I've heard everyone say every different thing. I think that's like nuclear, though. Like, people know what you're talking about, but it's, it's technically, it's nuclear. 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 I can't believe you just nuclear. pulled a, I can't believe you just pulled a, what was he, 43, 41, President 41? I'm pretty sure it started with, like, Richard Nixon, but yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nuclear. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we're smoking the uh, Fernandez New World Dorado Robusto, five and a half by fifty-two box pressed cigar. Let us know in the email if you think it's box press, boxed press, or box pressed. Yep. Or something else. Yeah. You're right. Right. D. None of the above. Right. So uh, let's look at, look at the presentation for a minute. So uh, for those that don't know, this uh, Dorado cigar is named after the Dorado Farm where most of the tobacco for it came from. So already immediately, uh, I'm suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. Because just like, I mean, you can you can think of anything that grows in the ground. It doesn't come from one farm, right? Grapes, um, you know, wine, they're not like blending it from one patch of ground. So... Could be interesting, could be dangerous, who knows. It's an AJ, so I'm pretty sure it's going to be a good cigar. But so, you, so you doubt a little bit that it came from just one farm? Well, it didn't. It mostly came from. Um, oh, is that how it's described? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I just find it a questionable choice. Well, it's his own farm. Well, of course it's his own farm. I think he... Huh? Uh, I think he... This is also his like newest... I think his newest farm. Um, yeah. At and least one of the newer ones. It's one of the newer ones. It's in Esteli, and it's named Dorado because the tobacco that grows there uh, grows this golden hue. Yeah, which and is right up your alley. Yes, absolutely. This is the cigar for Johnny Midas. This, you know, like literally, I should be sponsored by this cigar. I think you should. I think you should give into the lore and just say yes. All of this tobacco was from the Dorado farm. Yeah, it's not, but you um, should give in. <laughs> um, so uh, the. The wrapper is gorgeous and golden, right? So the wrapper is a Habano sun-grown in Nicaragua, and the binder and filler are both Nicaraguan as well. So I would expect a stronger, spicier cigar on this. Um, and I think the I think the golden hue of the wrapper is really, you know, kind of offset, captured by the rest of the branding. So there's a gold ribbon on the foot. Yeah. The... AJ New World Band in the middle is like all shades of gold with gold foil on the outside. Uh, the presentation box is a 10 count. Um, you know, the the short and flat, you know, yep. cigar box, you know, that's typically reserved for like higher end cigars. 10 wide with dividers in the in between dividers, each cigar. Yeah. Divider in between each cigar. So, you know, there's some really high end cigars that are sort of packaged that way. Mm. And, you know, the Numero Uno that we smoked uh, last week, for example, as well as, you know, many Cohibas, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so the presentation is 
you know, kind of high end. But he wanted to set this apart from the other New World line, for the he rest did, of the yeah. New World line. Yeah, yeah, totally different right. packaging compared to the other New World line. So interesting. But the pricing is about the same. So, you know, it's it's not a high end cigar. Um, you know, to me, this is sort of like when you get the the top of the line Toyota Camry. Like, Shh. still a Camry. Get but, out of here, dude. Come on. <laughs> Nick drives a Nick drives a camera. <laughs> it's still a Camry. It's just, it's a really nice Camry. Yeah, right? yeah, uh, absolutely. So in the same way, like this has the the bits and pieces, you know, to make it look nice and and be a cut above in the presentation, which I really appreciate. Without you know breaking the bank. Yeah. So good uh, good presentation. The you know I think the only thing for me is um, it might be a little overdone. You know. Really. Yeah. I it, think it's gaudy. I don't know if gaudy is the right word. So for reference, everyone, uh, Johnny Mice is wearing on his right wrist a um, gold chain link bracelet, a ring on his right pinky finger and his uh, right ring finger, and then a gold watch on his left wrist, and then a gold ring on his left ring finger. And he's criticizing the packaging of the Dorado. I also have a gold chain around my neck, but I... I skipped the second gold chain bracelet. Okay. I just went with the Cuban link instead. And I didn't okay. add the Figurato link today. So. I think, I think, dude, I think you got to rock with this cigar. I, I think you to. have to, I think you have to like, like this is my cigar. Yeah. I think this is, it has to be. The official cigar of Johnny Midas. It has to be. Yeah. It's named gold. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dorado means gold, by the way. Yeah. Like El Dorado literally means the golden compass. <laughs> Nick's Spanish is about uh, is about as good as my Russian. It just means the gold. Yeah, the golden city. I was like, "What are you?" Because I never, I never, I, I never want to like get on here and say like when you say something, I never want to get on and say, "Hey, dude, like that was wrong. You're wrong about that." But I was like, "Uh, no, the Golden Compass is a it's a kids' book, right?" About, yeah, there's like some closet and. They go to this land of Narnia. And it's it's basically like Narnia, yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, no, all right, enough fucking around. Why don't we clip this cigar and put it in our mouths? So we're going to clip our cigars, and as always, we remind you to clip your cigar with authority. Nice, smooth, fast clip. I am clipping with my Craftsman's Bench Double Guillotine Open Ended Cutter. You know, for a for a thirty dollar cutter, this is pretty solid. It's definitely uh, in that interesting space where it's cheaper than the expensive cutters, more expensive than the cheap cutters. But, but uh, Craftsman ben- Craftsman's Bench is not a cigar company. Mm-mm. They do tools, power tools. Do they really? I don't know. What do they make? I'm asking. Oh, I thought you were making that up. No, they're um. um a either partnership or subsidiary with Davidoff. Um, really? Yeah. Or they're distributed by anyway. Okay. So, yeah, you you can't really get these places that don't sell. If I'm correct, I'll have to Google that later. 99% of the time, we're right all of the time. Mm-hmm. So, there is a ribbon on the foot. We're going to go ahead and remove that. Um, now, your, your band here, this is a good inch and a half. I think wide uh, band, and I just noticed that it is incredibly easy to remove. Yeah. Right. So that's one thing that I like about this setup. Look at that. There's one thing you like. It's taking the band off early. I can take the band off before I light this. No problem. Doesn't affect the cigar one bit. I hate that. Not a speck of glue anywhere. He on the just back on the inside. He just slid the. Is that is that Mr. Fernandez's signature? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm assuming it's a signature. I can't read it. It's illegible. It's illegible. It was. A, it's Fernandez. actually. It's actually a misprint. Someone accidentally stepped on the printer when they. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get this uh, sucker lighted, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and go through the hand job in great detail for Angel. So. After clipping your cigar, you have two ends. You have the foot and you have the head. The head is what you clipped, right? And the hand job is for the head of the cigar. So 
turn the cigar so that it is vertical with the head down, okay? Now, with your other hand, make a loose fist and try to pinch your thumb up towards your first finger knuckle, and that creates sort of a uh, lump of skin kind of next to your thumb in that web, right? So that, that webbing kind of gets soft and lumpy. And then you're just going to bring the cigar down vertical, straight up and down onto that lump. And then when you see tobacco on your the back of your hand, you just blow it, little blow job right there, and then tap it again. What you don't want to do is put the tobacco back into the cigar. Right, right. right. Yeah, if, if, you're just, if you're just bouncing it on tobacco, it's just going to... Yeah, tap and blow, tap and blow. Do not do this with a Cuban sandwich. Uh, you won't have <laughs> yeah. a lot of cigar left. It'll, you'll keep going. Uh, permanent. Yeah, it, it will keep going and going. Um, and after a while, no more little flecks will come out. At that point, I typically give the head of the cigar one last blow, and good to go. So how that improves my enjoyment of the cigar is it keeps me from reaching into my mouth and scraping my tongue with, like, my my thumbnail or something uh, to get those little annoying specks off my tongue, right? Which is like it's an inevitable part of cutting and smoking a cigar, I guess, right? But it's uh, if we can avoid it, we'd like to. Yeah, or minimize, and then also it keeps them out of like my teeth. Yeah, if I'm you know meeting with somebody that I care about, right? Uh, so not Nick, but anybody yeah, I was else. Say. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I'm going to light up with my uh, single flame, soft flame, butane lighter. And as always, we remind you to toast your cigar, not roast it. This is normally the part where I would insert some audio clip about toasted, not roasted. But uh, I heard that uh, somebody didn't like that. So instead, I'm just going to kind of do this sarcastic, you know, monologue while I'm toasting up, um, you know, just kind of mentioning that there's people out there with opinions, and every once in a while we listen to them and change things up, um, you know, but don't make it a fucking habit, because, uh, you know, that, that'll just get annoying. I can't, so, I'm just, I'm trying to fill dead space right here, because it takes so long to properly toast a cigar, right? And we've mentioned this every week when I, you know, cut the audio, like, I'm cutting out chunks of time because if you want to like really get that awesome first draw like I'm still toasting with this single flame right I should just leave I'm just going to leave all of this in you should because I want people to know like you know yeah Sometimes I would blow out first, just to make sure I get any acrid smoke going the other way. Interesting. Okay, wow, that's really, really interesting. No, I did not. I did on my test cigar before the uh, before the podcast. Which, you know, <clears throat> honestly, anybody that says they taste more than, like, raisins, mm-hmm. it, you know, I highly question whether they actually have the palate to taste that or if it's their imagination. I get, like, 1 in 75 where it's, like, something else jumps out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's, like, super strong something. I had a, I smoked a My Father La Promesa one time. It was it had been aging for, like, 8 to, t- eight to 12 months in my humidor. Mm-hmm. And this was the most chocolate I've ever gotten from a cigar. It was unbelievable. Not a cold drop. Yeah, on a cold draw. Yep. Yeah, it was unreal. All right, so we've got both our cigars toasted up. And, you know, uh, we put a little bit of ritual, I think, into, you know, what we do. And one of the reasons for that is if you clip your cigar properly so that it's not, you know, kind of unraveling in your mouth. And, you know, you, you tap the extra dottle off the end and you toast it slowly the first couple of puffs are amazing, partly because you have a fresh palate, right? Um, I think I'm going to take that to my grave, man. I think so. I, I do as well. Yeah. But you have to toast it slowly. Yeah. Like, think about 
think about it this way. The rest of the cigar is getting is slowly combusting as the cherry heats the tobacco up. So half an inch away from the end of the cigar right now, right, that tobacco is slowly warming up. And you can see it in a box press because, like, the last half inch is actually round. Right. Because it's expanded. Right. Right. So you have to heat up the first part as slowly as if it were being heated up. Yeah. Smoking the cigar. If you do that, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, like, the... You know the same. A lot of the same principles that, that come to burning tobacco come to, or come with uh, cooking food as well. Mm-hmm. Or you're not going to put a, ke- a cake in the oven for at 700 degrees for three minutes, mm-hmm. which is the equivalent of taking your four torch burner and blasting right. it. Right. Instead, it's 350 <clears throat> for 45 minutes. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You want it slow and steady. Just get get it warmed up. Get everything kind of. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a chemical reaction that's occurring. Yeah. Heat control. Well, and but he, and then here's like the other side of it is the industry standard, right? The cigar smoking standard is you just light it with a torch and then assume that the first few puffs are going to suck, right? That's the normal way. That's I mean, I'm talking about people that are in the industry. This is how they light their cigars. I, I don't know why. I mean, I have seen guys like names that I'm not going to mention on the podcast, right? Yeah. Big names in the industry. I have seen them jam a fucking Zippo into a cigar yeah. in Mesoamerica. Yeah fucking suck that flame right into the cigar after chewing the end off right right, right. and they you know and they shrug and they're like it's a cigar and i'm like i mean it's true like yeah they smoke a bajillion of them or right, whatever right you know so there's not a wrong way to do it do it however you like but if you want to have that uh, first puff goodness you got to toast it super slow you know so you're not uh, scorching it and getting that acrid smoke and when you do that and you have that first draw or two on that unmolested palate it is a Freaking amazing experience. I, I think so, man. I really agree. <coughs> hmm. Okay, so I've had a couple of uh, I've had a couple of puffs, and there's some interesting stuff going on here. So first, the draw. The draw is surprisingly open. Yours is open. Yeah, that's awesome. Mine is not. <laughs> so you have a tight draw. Yep. So my draw is surprisingly open for a 52 box press. Um, you know, the part that is combusted turns sort of turns into a Parejo. Show me the cap. Press. Show me your cap. There we go. Let's compare caps real fast. I don't think you clipped enough off, honestly. All right. And you got some spit in there. I would give it. You want to give it another clip? No. Let's leave me alone. Clip. Okay. I'm just just asking. I don't even know what cigar you're smoking. <clears throat> That's because mine doesn't have a band. You could have smoking his with his band on. You could have. You might be smoking a Padron right now. <laughs> I uh, saved mine because it's gold. So I'm going to put it in my collection of gold stuff. Um. So yeah, it's surprisingly open. I'm not sure I like it. You know, I like a little resistance on my draw. I'm hoping it'll tighten up a little bit. <clears throat> that happens a lot with box press, where it'll tighten up a little bit after you. Uh, smoke it so i agree with you though i think i think i could cut it a little i think i cut it a little shallow mm-hmm. but i like to err on the side of shallow as opposed to cutting too much off in the beginning you can always cut more but you can't well especially on a box press yeah if you cut off too much it's very easy to do and, yeah uh, so it's a it's an interesting stick because definitely full-bodied but i think i would peg the strength at medium um and what I'm tasting right now is bizarre. So there's cedar, right? Does that sound right, tasting cedar? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I would almost call that the carrier note. Yeah. And then there's like, um, if you took homemade white bread and you took the crust off. Okay. And then you salted it liberally. All right. And then you spanked it with a leather belt and rolled it in some fresh topsoil. That's what I'm tasting. On top of that, the whole, everything tastes like there's a coating of charred red pepper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's so, ungrown Habano. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's super interesting because I'm taking in a mouthful of smoke, and it's, you know, like I said, it's a full body, but it's a medium strength. <clears throat> right, I'm going to take a puff right now. Mm-hmm. And if you release the smoke 
after it's gone, you can literally taste red pepper on your lips, on your palate. And if you retrohale, God bless you, because that is a spicy retrohale. And you know I like to retro. So really interesting. I kind of want to go through. I think it'd be a cool journey to go on with our listeners to, I don't know, develop develop our palates as well. You're pretty you're pretty creative with the rolling up some fucking sourdough in a fucking yeah, dirt yeah, dirt pile. Yeah, sourdough in a dirt pile. All right, so is this sweet to you? I don't know. It's really interesting because there there is a sweet component there, but it's not sweet like sugar. It's sweet like white bread or you know something that is sugar adjacent. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, yeah. Is it sour? So I'd have to say that there's not there's not a noticeable sour component. Um, I do think, you know, when you think of cedar, you know, that has a, you know, like a sour, uh, side to it. It does. Yeah. But it's not sour, like a fucking lemon. I feel know? like, I feel like all wood kind of has a little bit, little bit of yeah. hint of sour. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like the, like when you used to peel bark off the tree as a kid and you saw the green stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, off yeah. the, yeah. Yeah. And um, it's, it's that, uh, like in the flavor wheel. Sour and bitter kind of touch each other at some point. Yeah. And it's it's closer to that touch point, right? Um, so you have salted sourdough with earthen leather. Um, I'm surprised by the saltiness of the component. And then it, the finish is just, it's charred red pepper. It's like you took red pepper and threw it on the grill. It's a really interesting flavor. So, all right. So would you say, would you describe this cigar as peppery? I would not. Mm. I wouldn't either. There's there is undoubtedly pepper yeah. in the flavor, but it is not peppery. It's also it's the aftertaste. Yeah. Like it's not in the smoke. If you retrohale, you're definitely gonna feel that pepper. But I'm literally like right now I'm like smacking my lips. There's like a pepper flavor just from you know, smoking it afterwards. But when you're when you're drawing it in, it's much more um sweet and mellow, honestly. With some of those like robust cigar flavors you kind of expect from Esteli, like the leather and the earth. You know? Yeah. Barnyard earth, leather, must. I think it's I think it's supposed to be musk. Is no, must m- must is barnyard. It's like uh you know, musty. Earth, yeah, okay. Okay. You know? So plume. Yeah. If you've ever seen plume on cigar, like that is a musty smell. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, musk is what comes out of the glands of Certain animals like musk oxen and uh, otters and some humans I know. Must is um, <laughs> must is must is my uh, overhumidified basement right now. Yes, yeah. that f- tends to flood yeah. a little too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's must. Um, so most of the tobacco is from the Dorado farm in Esteli. The blend is produced in the San Lotano factory. So of course San Lotano is a AJ brand. That's in Ocotal. Um, and, of course, the cigar, the Dorado, is named after the farm. Dorado, which is named after the color of the tobacco, which is golden. And this is a golden cigar. And so, you know, uh, with all the uh, apologies to AJ, I'm going to name this the unofficial official cigar of Johnny Midas. I mean, it's a gold cigar. New World El Dorado JM. Yeah, what is that? Um, I'll get with him on a collab. On yeah, that. there you go. Yeah, get Just a collab going. call him up. Yeah, I'll call him tomorrow. I've got him on speed dial. El Dorado is a, a pretty popular uh, myth, central myth. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's uh, like this, the the theory is that there's like a city of gold somewhere. Yeah. And uh, like these, you know, these explorers around the 16, 1700, you know, 14 to 1700 basically, yeah. were looking for the city of gold to get rich. Right. It's like the crypto. It was like the crypto of yeah, it was totally <laughs> the 1400s. The 1400 crypto, man. Yeah. It's a gold city. Yeah. We could totes find it, man. Yeah, so uh, your Majesty, if I could just have a couple ships and yeah, right, and soldiers and uh, right. I swear, I swear, Bitcoin's going to the moon, sir. <laughs> this uh, El Dorado is so valuable. You should give me your money so I can go find it. <laughs> totally, it's exactly what crypto is. Exactly, right? man. This crypto is so valuable. You should give me your cash right. so that I can give you crypto. Right. Yeah, it's like those uh, late night infomercials, like buy gold from us. Now wait a minute. You keep telling me how the dollar sucks and I should buy gold. So how come you want? my dollars so you can give me your gold right what's the, what's the deal there man <laughs> yeah yeah so uh probably the best 
shitty movie I've ever seen. I mean, it's a terrible movie. It's just it's just terrible. It was uh, the Lost City of Zed, and uh, oh, was that was that Tom Holland? No, no, Lost <clears throat> Lost City of Zed has um, uh, Charlie Hunnam from Sons of Anarchy. Um, it's a historical like docudrama about this explorer who's looking for this lost city in in Bolivia. So like Bolivia and Peru and Brazil like all come together in this one basin area and that was the seat of the Incan Empire. Um and so you know those are kind of arbitrary lines on the map, right? For those for those countries. So where they all come together, there's a lot of myth and lore there. Um and kind of where he got in trouble. So if you want to learn about the history, you know, of El Dorado and stuff like that, it's a great city for that. As far as the rest of the movie, it's uh just terrible. Like and it skips whole years like in the middle of the movie, you know. Why is that? I, I don't know. <clears throat> what is that? Like Z? They, yeah. Oh yeah. In in Britain they call Z Z. Yeah. Yeah. But uh so his but here was the historical significance. The historical significance was, you know, the Europeans were basically raping and pillaging the New World. And their argument was you know, these are less evolved humans, right? And they're being displaced by more evolved humans, and they can adapt or they can die out. And you know, the whole manifest destiny, all of that, it was it was really predicated on, you know, a uh, faulty appropriation of sort of Darwinianism, right? And religion, and religion. Yeah. Um, you know, all of it got co opted <clears throat> by greed yeah. and power. You know, as typically happens, new ideas come out and they're sort of immediately co opted. Yeah. Know, they, the Third Reich did this as well, right? With their eugenics and you know their their just hideous treatment of other humans, yeah. um, you know, supposedly based on science, type right? Of thing, right? And so this explorer, like his whole argument was, I found ruins that are similar to those in Egypt, and you know, this is a high culture that can produce this kind of stuff. Nice. And he was, um, you know, pretty much like wow. shunned and shut down. So he, was, he was advocating for the. Yeah. Natives, uh, yeah, he was, um, and also, you know, kind of uh, fighting this battle of here's what I actually found. Like, I actually found pottery, I actually found stone structures, and so who's fighting um, propaganda, basically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like in the home in the home countries, it was all we're doing this because this is right. Yeah, well, that was the yeah that was the propaganda. They were really doing it for rubber. Yes, right. It was yeah. a, a huge battle over, you know, that resource. And, you know, they, they kind of felt justified in, you know, conquering and enslaving and, you know, all of the sort of adjacent sins that go with colonialism. Um, and, uh, but it was all for money. You know, it was for, it was for rubber, really. So uh, if you want to catch up on the history, uh, that's actually a great movie to do it. I think the rest of the movie, you know, it just sucks. It's a horribly told story. You know, everything about it is terrible, uh, except except Charlie Hunnam because he's a pretty good actor. But you know, you can't outact a bad a bad script. So, Lost City of Zed. Um, hashtag not sponsored. Okay, so we've got uh, we've got some good tastings. Um, I'm really intrigued by this cigar. Like, it, it sort of has me, you know, captivated a little bit. Like, it's different. Um, you know, it smokes different from the other New World line. You know, this is not like, oh, yeah, this reminds me of fill in the blank. Uh, this is definitely a unique blend. And uh, I love the fullness of the flavor and body where, like, there's so much to play with there. And, like, the initial draw compared to, like, after you exhale is so different. Yeah. It's a from from draw start to finish, it, it changes, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah, it's not the same. This is one where the retrohale is pretty important, mm-hmm. I think, to get the full full effect. Yeah, I think without the retrohale, like the body is mid full. Yeah, you know, it's 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 there. There's a lot of a lot of body to it. With the retrohale, this is full full. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, the strength is just medium. You know, it doesn't have that nicotine kick or you know uh, real strength to the to the cigar. It's kind of medium strength. My burn, I mean, my burn's great. The draw is still t- a little tight, but it's not like tight, tight where, dang, your draw is freaking. 
Look at this burn. That's line, nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, ash is nice. That's pretty well constructed. You've been touching it up over there, haven't you? I have not. I have not touched it up once yet. When your cigar looks like you've been touching it up because it looks so good, but it's just been burning like that from the start. It's because you properly toasted that shit, man. Good job. That is a huge contributing factor. Good job. Like, if you get one side hot, you know, you end up with that little spoon. Yeah. Spoon in the side. Uh, I'll also say that I have a habit that I've just developed over, you know, 20 years of this hobby where you'll notice, like, every couple of puffs I'm rotating it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's one reason that I dislike box pressed is most of them only fit in my mouth one way. Um, with a Parejo, I can turn it a quarter turn, an eighth of a turn, whatever I need to keep right. that burn line straight. Yeah. Harder to do with a box press. Yeah. Um, but I'm making it work. And this is a more of a square box press. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed Padron especially, but a lot of box presses are they're actually like a rectangle, not a square. Yes. So like if the rectangle's vertical... I can't get a good lip seal, you know? Right. Yeah, like, I've got the... these I've got these big, sexy, fleshy lips. Holy fuck. But <laughs> but I got hit in the mouth with a hockey stick when I was younger. And so they're nice and big and puffy because they're full of scar yeah, tissue. Right. So right. I can't uh, I can't wrap them around. Uh, You're broken. You know, get, yeah, I am. All over. And it's time for this week's Tobacconist Tip of the Week. <laughs> Go ahead, Nick. <clears throat> and now your Tobacconist Tip of the Week. With Nicholas McCann. So the tobacconist of the week this week is uh, listen to the tobacconist. Jeez, tobacconist tip of the week. Listen to the tobacconist. That's not self-serving at all. No, jeez. <laughs> um, if you don't, if you don't listen to my recommendations, and I'm, I become obsolete, and I don't have a job. So please listen and like ask me for a recommendation. Help me like, keep his job. Yeah, ask us. Ask any tobacconist. On staff here, on staff at your local shop. Um, get to know, let let them get to know your palate and your preferences, and um, get to know theirs as well. Really, because um, you know you're not going to take recommendations from the guy that likes acids. Sure, if you if you if you, if you're the guy that does not like acids, um, I'm never going to not pick on acid. So that's a me problem. I have a deep uh, psychological issue. Yeah. No, I really, I appreciate that uh, recommendation, Nick, and here's why. Like, as we as we kind of do our hobby, of course, we're developing what we like and stuff like that, but uh, there's a really good chance that your tobacconist has smoked a fuck ton more cigars than you have, and is also, you know, like, your job much, as a professional. Much smarter, better looking. Yeah, totally. Um, no, but your job as a professional is to know the flavors and the blends and stuff like that. And so, you know, here's a classic, right? I hear this all the time. I'm sure you do. Someone comes in, they're like, I'm looking for a Cuban. Yeah. It's like, okay, go to Cuba. Right. You know? <laughs> uh, well, but what's similar, right? Like the Deus de Gloria, love right. that one. Um, Your favorite, Casa. Casa de Cuba. Yep. You yeah. Know? So th- there's a few out there that are intentionally, you know, trying to capture the the Cuban experience. Actually, the the uh, Havana Q. Yeah. By uh, what is it, Quora? Yeah, um, J.C. Newman. Yeah, yeah, like that J.C. Newman, super <clears throat> inexpensive. I think that's a Cuban sandwich, right? That's how they keep the cost down. I can't, off the top of my head, I don't know that for a fact. Yeah, sorry, but uh, you know, it's a inexpensive cigar, and you can tell when you smoke it. You know, yeah. but it definitely has that light floral aromatic, you know, flavor that's associated with like the Cuban cigar. Experience. Right. It just has way less nicotine than a Cuban cigar does. Yeah. Yeah, it's like um, I don't know, like Im- impossible meat. Yeah, yeah. Like they, like yeah. it's like the impossible Cuban, right? Where it's not Cuban tobacco, right. but it tastes like Cuban right. tobacco. Right. But that's an example of you know where on a regular basis you're having to use your experience and palate to help people find something that's going to satisfy. Um, and so if you're like experimenting as a cigar hobbyist, just tell your tobacco and it's like here's what I like. You know, what do you recommend? And then try something new. You know, we talk about experimenting a lot on the show. And that's that's a way that you can, you know, it's less of a, like, gamble roll the dice. Yeah. And one of one of my biggest pet peeves, too, when I'm on duty and and just as a cigar consumer that knows how much good stuff is out there is when someone comes in um, 
and asks for one cigar, one blend, and then will leave because the store doesn't have that blend. Sure, yeah. It's like all right. <clears throat> like I had someone, I had someone come in and ask for a um, Gurkha Grand Reserve, mm-hmm. and I said, <clears throat> "I'm sorry, you know, I don't have that cigar." Right. It, it, you know, is that your favorite cigar? I was trying to get them to tell me what they like about it, and he said, "Yeah, I pretty much only smoke those." I said, "Why? What's like? There's a lot of good stuff out there. Most of them are not Gurkha Grand Reserves, but go ahead." <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and we can appreciate, um, you know. Obviously, here we have our preferences at, at Burnline, but yeah, like, geez, um, if you if you ask me, hey, what are some cigars you like, man? I could go on 100, 125, 150 cigars right. that I like. Like, there's, it's so expansive now. Yeah, the yeah. different types and the different cigars. So limiting yourself to one, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and even if you you have a specific flavor profile you're looking for. You know, your tobacconist can help you branch out with something that's similar. And who knows? You know, you might uh, find a new favorite. Yeah. Speaking of which, I tried that uh, Purple People Eater this weekend. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Good cigar. Too strong. Um, my usual complaint with American cigars. Really? I mean, uh, I think, you know, I've told this story. Like, I've smoked my way around the humidor. And I do smoke a lot of strong cigars. But I've just, my personal palate, I've really settled into that you know, Cuban-esque um, mm-hmm. niche. I like the lighter floral aromatic but strong uh, cigars. Um, you know, that's just my my uh, palate preference. Did you, you smoke know? the pizza? I did smoke the pizza. That cigar was awesome. What's what's with the uh, the little, you know, Super Mario flower thing on the side of the band? That's, it's it's called like uh, Focia Sardia, Sarda oh. or something like that. I don't know what that, what that means. I put it in our system as pizza cigar because I didn't want our guys to be... I mean, it has a couple slices of pepperoni on the band yeah pizza cigar and i don't know like lca we'll we'll do an episode on on lca LCA, and pravada totally yeah but uh it's like i was reading the description that they sent out like a couple weeks before the release and it was like (laughs) it was like everyone likes pepperoni pizza right well then you'll love this cigar (laughs) (laughs) what do pepperoni pizza and this cigar have in common they're both flavorful (laughs) right what is going on? Yeah, like they're, but they, they always, they have always had a little element, like a sarcastic streak. Yeah, in their, right, right. Their, uh, production. Yeah, that's one of the things I like about LCA is like they're not snooty. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're kind of, uh, kind of a little trolling. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, for sure. Community. Yeah, right? for sure. I love that. Love that <clears throat> part of it. Um, yeah. So, uh, I guess I'm an inch into this cigar. I'd say the salted bread component is still really huge. I think the cedar has dropped off a little bit. Um, definitely like earth loam and a little bit of leather there. Really good smoke output on this cigar. Dude, I think this would go so well with a bourbon. I think it would. Yeah. I was just thinking like that's yeah. salty. If I could mix that with a like a slightly sweet caramel flavor like you get in bourbon. Yeah. Oh, it just seems like it would hit. And then this this sweet, like the cedar sweet, and then the spice on the retro for Mm. this would go really well with like a a sweet but a little hot bourbon. Well, I think it would, like I think the bourbon would cool it down and heat it up all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wowie. Yeah. We'll have to do a pairing. Like with that Weller Special Reserve, you know, the weeded bourbon's a little sweeter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you that would really hit. So this week we're talking about steps in the cigar making process. So, you know, we enjoy this beautiful finished product. I was talking to somebody in the industry about a specific cigar, and they were talking about, uh, you know, how the tobacco in the, like the cigar we were smoking was about nine years old, right? And sometimes we forget, like, these are years old products, you know, like with the, with wine, there's a vintage, right? And it's not necessarily better with age. You know, it's easy to spoil wine over time. And the reason that they will save older wine is because it was a really good year. Yeah. It's something that grew in the soil. It's subject to weather. And even some of the, uh, you know, with, with climate change, some of the regions that were famous in the 1940s for wine don't produce great wine anymore, right? And so the older bottles, you know, command a premium. 
And then, of course, the rarity factor. And then with, with whiskey, how long it's aged and stuff is specifically, you know, a selling point and a price point. Um, with cigars, there's a little bit less of that, even though it's a natural product that grew in the ground. Um, and so we forget even, like, you know, just your everyday smoke cigars. Like, that tobacco's old. It might be three years old, you know, from, from when it started. So what are the first steps to making a cigar, well, you plant the seed. Now, that's already skipping whole steps in the process, right? Yeah. So, what seed? Yeah, exactly. Right. So, <clears throat> just like any other uh, veg- vegetal nowadays, right? Uh, you have heirloom seeds and you have hybrid seeds, right? And then once you have a hybrid, you know, you keep hybridizing the same hybrid. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar, you know, with uh, husbandry, you can't uh, grow a hybrid from a hybrid. Like, they go sterile after a generation or two. And the next generation's worse. The third generation's even worse. And then there is no fourth generation. Can right? you can you tell, maybe we both can tell our folks why you would hybridize a seed, a, a tobacco seed? Oh, yeah. So, you know, uh, the old-fashioned version of hybridization was breeding. Right. Yeah. Like there's this breed of bulls in Spain or something that look like fucking bodybuilders. Yeah. And that's yeah. because for like hundreds of years, they've only bred the most muscular. Right. Version. Because so the bottom line is they want to isolate certain traits. That's right. And um, <clears throat> make them dominant genes. Right. To pass down from, right. you know, seed, seed parent to seed parent. Right. So like I know a lot of them uh, will get hybrid hybridized in and out due to like susceptibility to mold. Um, or durability in the field because mm-hmm. some of them, like, if they didn't get enough sun, you know, they're going to catch something, right? Yeah, or if, or if it's too humid, yeah, 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 absolutely. So, hybridization is like a scientific process of modifying the genetics of the plant without going through generations of breeding, you know, so you can get it right away. Um, and that's the I think that like the like the mold example is. One that we don't think of because we don't care about mm-hmm. what you do when it's growing. Right. Um, but then, obviously, like certain traits like color, texture, taste, right, are other reasons why growers yes. will hybridize tobacco seeds. So you've got, uh, what is it, uh, Criollo 97, yep. um, Corojo, I think 98 is the really common one, but there's a 2001. Yeah, and yeah there's a Habano 2000. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so these are some common hybrids. So, yeah, there's actually the process of hybridizing seeds or preserving heirloom seeds which is uh it's so in-depth like there's so much work that goes into that no wonder they hybridize you know yeah, yeah. um you know so you have like actual laboratories oh my gosh for this yeah know? full-blown science full-blown science yeah. and then a tobacco seed i don't know uh, if anyone like google it but a tobacco seed is really tiny you know and it's not like a watermelon seed you know right um and so you take this tiny seed, and if you've ever gone to Lowe's and gotten, like, these uh, herbs that have just been started for you, you'll have a tray with, like, uh, eight little, almost like popsicle sticks, mm-hmm. or, 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 like, how you would freeze popsicles, right. right? I don't know if they still do that, but when I was growing up, you had, like, the little rubber tray, yeah. you know, or, like, an ice cube tray, right. right? And there's earth in each of those little cubby holes. Yeah. And they'll plant one seed in there, right? And I've seen, like, a machine that has, like, this little needle almost that comes down and sucks up one seed at a time and goes over and plants it in this tray. You know, it's pretty cool. Um, Like I said, a far cry from, like, our romanticized version of cigar making where it's, like, you know, some indigenous, you know, peoples walking around, you know, with, like, uh, hand tools and, like, you know, poking their finger in the dirt and putting a single seed in there with with like a minnow right. and covering it up, right. you know, and <clears throat> carefully watching. Yeah, you're not going to make a lot of cigars that way. You right. know? And here's your one cigar that we got out of the crop this yeah. year. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't want to get too technical too, but that's, I guess what you're describing is germination. Mm-hmm. That's like yeah. the, uh, the process of it going from seed to basically sprouting right. a little bit out of the ground. Right. Um, and so that, that period can take, I think like upwards of, uh, a month and a half. Yeah. Um, which is like, all right. Yeah, six to eight weeks. Yeah. Um, and by the way, talking about the hybridization process, one of the things that they hybridize in is a faster germination and growth uh, process. Yeah. More crops per year. More efficiency. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so plant planting the seed and letting it germinate in its little cluster of uh, earth right there. And then those um, sproutlings are then transferred. Uh, yep. Many times they're transferred to a larger pot in a greenhouse. Uh, they're they're very rarely planted out in the field yet. Yeah, it's because I guess the chances of them being in the field and and falling victim to predation, weather, animals, yeah, anything, yeah, all of that um, is a lot higher. But if you have them in a controlled environment, right, the the chances that it's going to germinate, sprout, mm-hmm. are much higher. And then once it's large enough to be robust out in the field, then it gets transplanted out into the field. Yeah, right. So you know, really similar to tomatoes or a lot of other agricultural products. You know, this is not a crop like corn, wheat, soy, where you just scatter seed and play the numbers game, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, they're really trying to take the guesswork out of, right? Um, because, like, at the you know, at the end of the day, it's a business. And then also uh, in the planting, right? So you've got your uh, germination process, and then you've got your growth. All of this is typically like indoors in a greenhouse, and then you transplant, and that's usually called the planting. Yeah. Right out into the field. So you plant out in the field. You want to put them a certain distance apart because remember the sun on the leaves is a critical part of getting great tobacco. Yeah. Right. If you were just scattering seed out in the field, you'd actually have to weed out some of your tobacco plants, right? Because they'd be too close together. You never know which ones are going to catch, right. you know, and sprout and grow up. Um, so you're you're spacing them out and stuff like that. Um, and then uh, and then the tobacco grows, right? So. You know, you've got your uh, watering and stuff like that that happens, and the sun is working its magic in the leaves. And then there's the harvesting. So you have your upper, middle, and lower primings. Typically, your primings are harvested from the bottom up, and the, you know, the volato and uh, all of your lajero is left on the stalk the longest. Uh, sometimes, like, it curls down around the stalk. It's left on there so long. It's, you know, they're turning to leather uh, on the stalk. So there's the harvest, and then um, two things real quick. Yeah. So first thing, uh, there's this thing called stalk cut, uh-huh. which I love, and it's when instead of taking the plant, uh, the leaves priming by priming, they cut the whole plant down at once, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And then there's also this trend going around called desflorado mm-hmm. right now in the industry, where like at the top of the at the at the top of the tobacco plant, if you let it like if you let it in the ground for long enough, like flowers will come out of the top, right. And flowers at top. Yeah, and so they like they there people are uh, using a method of growing right now where they're waiting for the the flower to sprout, <clears throat> and then they're cutting down the tobacco. And so it's it's pretty interesting. You'll see cigars called desflorado sometimes now, um, and that's what they mean. It, yeah. it I mean it describes the harvesting process. Yeah, yeah, and traditionally the flowers are actually not allowed to grow; right? they're clipped off. Because Correct. They, yeah. It's, it's kind of like castrating mm-hmm. a steer where mm-hmm. it, you know, if you leave the flowers on, it changes the flavor, mm-hmm. right? That's the sexual reproduction part of the uh, plant, and they release a lot of hormones and stuff into the plants, right? So you get a different flavor uh, from that. So it's not just a marketing gimmick. Um, it definitely does change the flavor of the, the tobacco. Um, I apologize. Desflorado refers to the deflowered plant. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so deflowering the plant... Uh, does change the flavor. Yep. Um, so, and then the uh, the tobacco that's harvested is uh, bundled and cured, right? So, this is the uh, this is the magic stage, right? This is where a lot of the flavor happens in the cigar, as well as the uh, really the physics and dynamic of the leaf. So, with a wrapper, you know, this process is what uh, gives it its characteristics and can make it harder or easier to wrap around a plant, right? Um, and we've mentioned like some of these Maduro leaves they use as wrappers. You know, they'll grab the leaf. You always like coat it in water, right? And you can almost stretch it like fruit leather. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Don't do that with a Cameroon leaf. No. <laughs> it will just tear in half, right? Right. Um, so you have the curing process, and then you have the fermenting process, right? So the classic palettes of leaves called uh, pilons. It's much more. Um, Modern, like there's still people that do it that way, but you have these like giant hamster wheels now, and they'll put bundles of leaves. Oh on yeah, that have temperature sensors. Yep. And when the temperature gets to a certain level, like the whole wheel spins and all the tobacco flops over and cools down enough. 120 degrees in those piles. Yeah, like so they will catch fire if you just leave them. You know, just like yeah, compost. Right. Um, so you can't let them get too hot. 
Um, and then at that point, you're you've got your uh, tobacco that's ready to make a cigar. Right? Sometimes, sometimes after fermentation, it's bailed and put in a room. Yeah, to off for gas years. And, yeah, yeah, for years and years, and especially if it's a crop that like a blender wants to do something special with, mm-hmm. they'll like put it away for a long time and so then that you'll just like there are rooms in these in these factories to which i've never been but would love to go one day that have just like stacks of like burlap sacks basically yeah that are tied together and it's just like um like a like a a hundred pound bale of tobacco just stack 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 and didn't uh, was it Rocky? Somebody at, at uh, the trade show just announced they're doing a vintage 2013. I think. Yeah, I mean that's going to refer to the harvest year, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. right. And all that tobacco was just put away and has been sitting there for ten years. Exactly. Right. So yeah, pretty, it's pretty cool. T- yeah, t- I mean, two more anecdotes like that. Um, Placencia has uh, Coseca, Cosecha, one forty nine and one fifty, one forty six and one forty nine, and those refer to the harvest years of the crop so placentia from 1865 right 146 years after that they harvested the crop in 2000 whatever and then that's what they they called the the cosecha means coseca i don't know how to say it coseca yeah yeah it it means like crop number yeah um and then nick perdomo actually they're doing the 30th anniversary he said he said, yeah, I've actually been planting this cigar for 12 years. Mm-hmm. So that means like the planting of the seeds and all that started mm-hmm. 12 years ago. Right. Decade and a half ago. Yeah. They're like, you know, this anniversary is coming up. Yeah. In, in 15 years. <laughs> and that's the, the beauty of a, you know, a grown product mm-hmm. like this. Right. So then the, uh, the filler tobacco is bunched and there's a couple of different uh, methods for that. And then it is wrapped with a binder and then that is put in a cigar mold and pressed um typically your pressed bound filler you know is batched like you're making a ton of it it's not like you uh, press it and then put the wrapper on it right Uh, and then the the wrapper guys they're pulling out of a stock of bound uh bound filler it's sort of based on color yeah, wrapper yeah. leaves sorted based on color. So the so you you'll never well, you should never get a bundle that or a box that has a lot of different wrapper colors. Yeah, they should all like be yeah close to each other. Yeah, they're they're trying to make sure that everything matches. Yeah, you know, um, so that's kind of the steps in the cigar making process. There's actually the you know creating the seed or hybridizing the seed or preserving the seed. There's the planting, the germination, the replanting or the repotting, and then the planting. Then there's the harvesting, then there's the curing, then there's the fermenting, then there's the bunching, <laughs> then there's the wrapping, and uh, you have your cigar. So big, long process, pretty cool. So uh, touching back on this AJ Fernandez New World Dorado Robusto 55 by 52 has your flavor changed much at all? Not... A whole lot. Um, just uh, like in the beginning, we got like a small taste of kind of all the flavors, but now and um, some were more dominant than others, and now other ones are taking the forefront. I think the spice is taking a little more forefront for me. Yeah. Um, a little bit of the uh, bitter. Um, I think like a little bit of leather too is taking a yeah. bit of a forefront. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's uh, picked up in the pepper and strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, category leather's kind of taken over but there's still that salt like it's a salty cigar it's very interesting all right so i think it is time to rank this cigar we have a 50 point ranking system where we rank on a scale of one to ten for five dynamics and uh, last week we had our highest ranked cigar on the show with the uh, numero uno came in at a 47 out of 50 so um, that's not common, you know, more around, uh, 39, 40 yeah. is kind of typical. So we start with presentation. Uh, Nick, what do you think about the presentation of this new world Dorado? Uh, this one's cool. I, uh, they, uh, they did a good job. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. I don't like the regular line new world packaging. So this was definitely an upgrade. Uh, I give this an eight for the, pa- for the presentation. 
I've got it as an eight as well. It's a really good presentation. The only thing that, uh, you know, kind of keeps it from being a nine for me is I think the packaging is a little overdone for the price point. Um, yeah. You know, this this looks like how you would package a $20, $30 cigar. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it might have scored higher, but right. solid eight on presentation. And how about price or value coming in at twelve fifty a stick? I mean, I I also think the the value of the cigar is pretty good. Um, it's a little more expensive than the regular New World line. Um, I think, like you alluded to earlier, um, but it's it's definitely an upgrade in terms of quality and taste. So uh, I'll give this an eight as well. Eight on price and value. It's not it's not a steal. It's not a steal. Um, I've got it at a seven, and main reason for that is. It is part of the New World line, and it's more expensive than the other ones. Um, I think that's, you know, a little bit of a turnoff going through the uh, going through the humidor. Of course, it's new; it's an AJ product, so I'm going to try it anyway. Um, and of course, we don't do decimals, so that comes out as an eight. Um, how about construction? Ooh, construction was good. I think the draw was good. The cap stayed on. There was none of that. Uh, you like to talk about the part of the cap that comes up and you have to kind of yeah. stick down, look down the whole yeah. time. I didn't have any of that. Um, not perfect. Uh, eight, but still good. Eight on construction from Nick. Yeah, so my burn line is okay. You know, there's one spot here where it looks like there's a vein in the uh, binder leaf that has caused the burn you know, to get uneven, you can see that. Mm-hmm. Problem with that is that can turn into a side tunnel. Um, but the overall construction, really good. Wrapper has held on great. Uh, the draw was good. It was a little loose in the beginning. It's about where I like it now. Uh, cap was perfect. Uh, no issues there. Um, I'm going to give this an eight as well on construction. And now let's talk about flavor. Nick, what are you thinking on flavor? Ooh. Um, the, I mean, it started off, it started off great, right? That like, if we, if you don't get that, like you said, if we, if you toast it properly, but you don't get that good first couple draws, like you're going to be in for a bumpy ride, but this one gave all the signs right from the beginning that it was going to be good in flavor. Um, it stayed consistent. It's changed up a little bit through the thirds. Um, I gotta, I just, I'm just rocking the eights. I'm going to give it another eight, eight on flavor for Nick. Yeah, so here's what I like about the flavor. Uh, first of all, it's different. You yeah. Know, there's a lot of cigars in the humidor. I've smoked a lot of them. When I smoke a cigar, and I'm like, hey, this is, this hits different. You know, that's that's a little special. Um, I think that this could pair really well with a bourbon or a sweeter, you know, whiskey. Um, I don't think that it is a, a cigar that you can use for a lot of different occasions, right? I think this is more of a pay attention to the cigar type of smoke. Yeah. Um, great smoke output. Um, the I like how the, the flavor changes, like, through the different parts of, you know, tasting the, the smoke. Like, taking it in and out is a different experience. The retrohale adds a ton, ton of dynamic. So I've given that an 8 as well. And our uh, most subjective and most important dynamic, the experience. Nick, what do you have? Um. Generally, I think this is an above average cigar and it's a, it's, you know, an above average experience. Um, I, I personally liked it a good deal. Uh, I'll give it a nine. A nine in experience <clears throat> from Nick. So I've got uh, I've got a seven on experience. Um, definitely an enjoyable smoke. I think that people who've been smoking for a while are going to enjoy it because it is different. Uh, that salty flavor especially, you know, is fairly uncommon in the humidor. A couple of things that knocked it down for me. I think the first is the limited uh, use case for it. Um, You know, I might smoke it in the lounge. I would definitely smoke it, like, if I wanted to pay attention to it. Right. I don't think I would combine it with any activity. Nope. I don't think it's a back porch or, uh, you know, grilling grilling meats type of... uh, Definitely not. ...type of cigar. I think this is a sit down and smoke it, pay attention to it. Yep. Uh, type of cigar. So that comes out as an eight. And the total score for the AJ Fernandez New World Dorado Robusto is 40. Pretty good score. <clears throat> Above average. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we've I think we've only had three cigars in the 40s. Yeah. And this is one of them. So 
pretty good uh, pretty good showing for it. So uh, for all of you guys out there in the interwebs, don't forget to drop us an email, burnlinepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Is it box press, boxed press, or box pressed? Um, or any other commentary you might have if you you know have a question or a comment please drop us a line and follow us on the socials at Burnline Podcast, including the new Threads app, which uh, is kind of hot garbage, but we're going to do it. <laughs> it's out there. So I think they were just like, oh, Twitter's dying. Put something out there quick. Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg's made a career out of uh, yeah. copying other people's. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that is all that we have for this week. So thanks for joining us. As always on Burnline Podcast, we will see you again next week. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.